I like how this is a fitness podcast and we are both drinking beers. Well, it's in the evening and we decided to we film late and I don't think that malted hops is necessarily uh, the end of the world, right? No, I uh, I'm actually drinking an IPA and I fucking hate most IPAs, but I like redoing my garage. So I was giving away a bunch of like dirt bike shit that I had extra, like extra ramps and other a stand and other bullshit that I just haven't haven't used it in like years. So I'm giving it away. So I put it on this racing group that I'm a part of on Facebook. I'm like, hey, free to get home, free or drop drop off beers if you want. And this dude dropped off IPAs. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that I usually hate IPAs, but this shit is actually really good. I am currently drinking um R&D Brewing's Seven Saturdays, which is the greatest IPA I've ever had. This isn't too like sour. I hate the some guys love the like double sour, triple poppy. This is not real beer IPAs. I am not. Tell me guy. tell me you don't drink beer without telling me you don't drink beer. <laughs> You know, the greatest Look, revelation... Look, man, I drink real beer, like fucking Modelo with a lime on it when it's 100 degrees in Arizona. I mean, I feel like that's a good thing. It was funny. Uh, I posted on my Instagram, like, hey, where should I go on my next trip? Because that's really basically you? all I do. Oh, yeah. And I got some pretty good responses. But some chick from Phoenix was like, come visit the devil's asshole in Phoenix. And I was like... I don't know if that's a solid invite or a threat. <laughs> I'm like, are you talking about yourself? To her asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, uh, I mean, I know it's 120 degrees or whatever, but uh, people generally say it's pleasant. But you guys are in the monsoon season now, right? When did you? Yeah, it's been raining its balls off. Um, Which is like what a, a fucking tenth of an inch a day or some shit. <laughs> no, dude, I uh, I had like ten inches of water in the little like drainage basin in my front yard. Really? Yeah. But that still came from only like a tenth of an. But that's like a no. tenth of an inch of rain. I don't know. I wonder. I don't know. I'll have to Google how many inches we get. But it fucking like when I say monsoon, I mean like Jumanji shit. There's a hippo floating down my street. <laughs> <laughs> I Dude, when in, did you post this? Where should I go on my next trip thing on Instagram? It was a story. Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of feedback. I actually got some really good feedback in the sense that, like, there are some places that I hadn't really heard of before. And I think that I've been doing so much climbing lately that people made only climbing suggestions. So there was some kind of cool stuff there. But also, like, I'm dying to get up to, like, an like Finger Lakes, like the Northeast, not because I want to live there, but because it's just fucking pretty. And you can't come ride dirt bikes with me. Um, you mean hurt myself more? Dude, we'll go slow. Yeah, says the dude who's gonna literally. Uh, do you follow that Meg's Brett chick? Yeah, yeah. A buddy, dude. a buddy of mine that I ride with all the time has ridden with her a few times. I so first of all, mad respect to a chick who's literally living out of her truck. Well, I think she's um, like four feet tall, which makes does not make it easy to ride a dirt bike. Well, she posts fucking videos that I'm like, dude, how does she do it? She's just like literally just riding through boulder fields and shit. And I'm like, that doesn't even look like fun. Megan Griffiths is her real name. 
Uh, yeah, dude, she has one hundred and thirty-five thousand followers. I didn't. Dude, know she's ki- she's kind of badass. Like, oh, she's super she- badass. Speaking of which, there's this chick. You ever heard of Kate's Real Food? They're like these. Uh, uh, no. They're like Cliff Bars, but okay. They're real food. Um, this chick that I met, I was literally mountain biking in the middle of fucking nowhere and bumped into this couple, and they're like, "Hey, do you know how to get to wherever it was?" This is probably five years ago, four years ago. I'm like, yeah, that's over here. And she's like, cool, I appreciate it. And hands me a bar from her company. I'm like, what is this? She's like, it's my bar company. Have one. Okay. So I checked it out and it's like a cliff bar. But dude, this chick is badass. She rides hard enduro KTMs and mountain bikes. I keep trying to get her on the podcast. When we worked with Idorado, she was going to like, they were going to do a feature on her as one of our athletes until that whole thing fell apart. But, uh, chick is fucking badass dude she's always doing crazy hard enduro rides um, you know what i'm learning to do it now that i'm single now that i'm single and i see these chicks i meet these chicks occasionally and i'm always like damn that chick's badass like i would love to hang out with some chick like that and potentially date her and then i realize as women start to ask try to get me to date them because they i seem exciting i suddenly realize that like, I'm probably super boring <laughs> chicks like that. And, then, like, the fact that I have kids to take care of and, like, any semblance of a normal life means that people like that, like, the interesting people in this world don't want to be with other interesting people because it gets it in works, the way. Man. No, they it gets in the way of them doing their own thing. You know what I mean? I think, I want to say Kate's married. I could be wrong. All, like, all I the chicks that, with, with her about that at all the chicks that slide into my DMs and are like, you seem like a real catch. And I'm like, wait till you get super annoyed with the fact that I do whatever the fuck I want when I want to do it. And when you ask me, you're like, girls are like, why don't you ever message me? I'm like, "Uh, I'm busy. (laughs) Like, uh, I'm doing other stuff. And they're always like, well, are you talking to other chicks? I'm like, no. I'm, you know, the best part is, is you asking that question means I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. I talk to people that talk to me in my inbox. I definitely am not out like chasing. Chicks. No, I know that. Like, Let's it's talk funny. about that. Well, I, I, get... I think the opposites attract thing is very real. You have to have some com- common ground, but those couples that are like glued at the hip, I'm like, fuck no, bro. I mean, I'm a little jealous when I see people that are like genuinely happy together and share common interests. And then I realize that that's way more work than just two people that exist in some odd symbi- like symbiotic state <laughs> I, I don't know man like my wife and i will hike we'll do little bike rides with the kid we go to the gym like five days a week together um i think that's a good balance but like she ain't fucking dirt biking with me she sure is now, not going hunting you know now that i know that she listens to podcasts that you uh record you can only say I can only say things as they apply to me. So I'm going to say this and you are under no obligation to agree. But I was married for a decade and I did things like go running with my wife and go hiking with my wife and do stuff. And it didn't matter because I can't run at a 12 minute pace and enjoy it. So I would run a 12 minute pace for like a half mile. And I'd be like, hey, it's an out and back. I'm going to see you on the way back. And then I would take off at like a six minute pace and I would do my run and then I'd chill and wait for her at the truck. 
And I didn't know that that was actually frowned upon <laughs> by by women. It's like what well, I hate. Dude, my wife is all about it. If I if we she hasn't run in a long time. And I don't since my knee surgery really run much, but uh same thing with mountain biking. When we would go run together, she's like, dude, like get the fuck away from me. Like she would yell at me, like straight <laughs> up. If I because she's like, you don't run a eight minute or ten minute pace, like go away. Like I feel like you're like judging me being here. She's like, just run the trail. I'll see you at the does, intersection. Tell me where to go, and like I'll see you at the next intersection. Does this mean that you? It's true that you can't actually win, ever. So like, if you run with somebody, they tell you to get away from them. If you run too far in front of them, they're mad at you for not doing something with them. No, she doesn't get mad at me for not being there. The only time she will get mad at me is like if we do a trail and there's a bunch of like turnoffs and I just yep. fucking ditch her and like run through the turnoffs and she's like, dude, where the fuck was I supposed to go? That's one that's I think actually, that only happened once though. Which is totally I think valid. That's, that's pretty fair. Yeah, super fair. Um I don't she's been super good about the only time that we would we would straight up yell at each other on mountain bikes because she my wife my wife is a natural freak show athlete. Like if she really tried, and not to say she doesn't try, but if she like really put her mind to it, like she would trained. Be a freak. Yeah, like legit trained, she'd be a freak athlete. Um, and she was in high school and shit, but mountain biking, she will crush an uphill climb that like I and act like it's nothing, look, but I'm like, damn. And then she'll like walk the bike down the backside of the hill. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Uh, like, just get man. on it and go. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, actually, I'm not going to say a name from the past, but there is a certain officer who we once employed who infuriated me with that kind of behavior where it would be like, dude's going to fucking truck it out all the way to the top. And then as soon as we'd come downhill, he's a giant fucking bleeding vagina. I'm like, why are you not going faster? Why are you riding your brakes? The whole point of going downhill is like hit jumps and do sick shit. And he was like, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I, I don't know why you're so I'm going fast. I'm like, no, no, you're not. You're going officer fast. Fuck you. So I love to talk shit on that. And then I will say, uh, we're not allowed to say pussy anymore, but I was a giant pussy yesterday. Wait, oh. so let's, let's yeah, take, it's misogynistic let's, let's, and we're being let's take, put, let's take pussy back. <laughs> we're going to take pussy back. <laughs> Are you going to title the podcast? Let's take pussy back. Yeah, this time uh, this podcast is now called Taking Pussy Back. Jesus. <laughs> uh, so yesterday I rode, I paid for a lesson with a professional rider um, at a motocross track. I don't really ride motocross. I ride more like off-road. Uh, but I was like, dude, riding's riding. I'm going to go get this lesson uh, at a motocross track, and I'll just like hit the corners and roll the jumps. I haven't been on a motocross track since I broke my tin fit. So we get there and I'm on the vet track, which in, for those who don't know moto speak, vet means like fat old dude that used to ride, but now doesn't really want to like hit, you know, 60 foot tabletops or doubles or whatever. So it's a little smaller track. So anyway, I'm hitting this thing and I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling good. And he's like, all right, we're going to go on the big boy track now. And uh, I did a lap at a snail's pace. And I'm like, I almost left. I was like, dude, I'm, I'm not doing jumps like this again. Last time I did, I broke my fucking leg. I could have fuck with it. Weird. I yeah, super you're being weird. responsible. Being responsible. Uh, three laps later, I'm trying to clear step ups that are like, you know, 10 feet 
you're going 10 feet up and like 60 feet forward. And I'm like, fuck it, man. Fourth gear wide open trying to hit this thing. But I, I was not hitting everything. I was still a total pussy on the track. Uh, but I'm an all right rider. So I would be railing anything that wasn't a jump, like all the turns and shit. So I would like pass dudes in the turn and then slow down for a jump. And they would like pass me as they did the jump. Like, what the fuck is this idiot doing? Hang on one second. Is that, is that, is that Oliver? Yeah. Get in here, boy. So yeah, he's got to, to be, sit on to, his bed to be, my couch. To be clear... Um, I believe saying pussy is more acceptable than saying, get in here, boy, to your dog. Dude, I got that from, uh, when I went to Senegal, those dudes would say it all the time to each other, and it fucking cracked me up. I said, Uh, I said, I said, that dog is not going to hunt. They, uh, these dudes would say it, and it was hilarious, and I've never given it up since. (laughs) Well, it's like me hanging out with Australians gave me all the freedom in the world to say cunt. Yeah, let yeah. me know how no, 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 that works I, out for you. I, I do it all the time. People look at me like I got a fucking dick growing out of my forehead. And I'm like, no, no, I hang out with Australians. They mean it in a really good way. <laughs> <laughs> Is that acceptable? People have never told me to stop. Uh, it's best when I tell them like, oh, in Australia, it's not even a bad word. But if you call somebody a champ, they'll fucking fight you in the street. Really? Yeah, champ's a prison term for a guy that takes it in the fucking derriere. Get the fuck out of here. I didn't know yeah. that. So you can call somebody a shit cunt and everybody laughs about it. But if you call somebody a champ, they're like, hey, what'd you say to me, mate? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You shit cunt. Champ. I, I started listening to this podcast. Uh, it's called Gypsy Tales. It's a, it's a dude, super interesting guy. Uh, lived, born in Australia, grew up there, moved to the States to pursue like motocross as a career, quickly realized he was not good enough for that and got into filming. So he filmed for like Red Bull and shit. Nice. Uh, got into surfing, golf, jujitsu, uh, yoga and like meditation and shit. Uh, just an interesting take on life. But I'm trying to remember there's something that he, there, it's not cunt, but he's got another word that he uses all the time that fucking killed me twat no it'll come to me (laughs) i think can you hear his name over just super loudly licking his balls right now (laughs) yeah uh that should be a whole podcast in itself it's just my dog licking his nuts (laughs) speaking of i actually know exactly what we're going to talk about right now fucking dog people bro they're the goddamn worst and I don't you mean like saying you're not a dog person. No, I'm I'm a total I'm a total dog person. But I don't like if your dog is I'm going to use a really stupid term. It's called dog selective, right? So if your dog's an asshole, you know you need to keep your dog on a leash. But if yeah. your dog is a fucking dope and he rolls over and pisses on himself all the time, like my golden retriever puppy, I don't feel obligated to keep that dog on a leash. I'm going to love the hate mail you get for this. Oh, bro, it's all good. I went to a camp in the middle of nowhere, which, by the way, is a place that we have to hold an event now. It's in Brevard. It's actually only five minutes from downtown. It's an old boys camp from the 20s. And it was functioning until the early 90s when the owner said that he was shutting it down because he could no longer discipline the boys adequately. Because parents, parents started to complain because the owner was was too invested in the corporal punishment. So he said, 
Well, if I can't beat the boys, then I'm closing the place down. Little but Timmy all the was coming home disconsonate, and the parents yeah. are happy about it. Either way, the kids like this camp is, is badass. They've converted all the lodges and cabins into like Airbnbs, and you have 200 acres, and there's a, like two miles of frontage on the French Broad River, so you can just like walk out of your cabin and just go cast flies and catch fish. There, I mean, it's it's fucking awesome. Um, there's like a tower on the property and I'm asking the owner, the new owner, Hey, what's that? Is that for like trap shooting? And he's like, no, no, no. The old owner used to be into like wartime reenactments. And so the generals would stand up in the tower to observe their forces as they fought each other in this open field. Is that real? <laughs> oh yeah. It's funny as shit, man. But, uh, I bring it up because we, when we got to the camp, there was nobody else there. When I got like to day two, this older couple from Pennsylvania are in the cabin next to our lodge. And uh, they've got like a Australian shepherd puppy that's a little younger than Cosmo. Nice dog. They're playing with each other like completely innocuously. There's no growling, no snorting, just two dogs chasing tail. This older lady is like, you need to get your dog under control. My dog knows that I'm the alpha and listens to me. And so I'm chuckling to myself because that dog is not listening to her at all. That dog is like, fuck this, I'm playing. And I'm like, is yeah, okay. Is a real human being that said this to you? Oh, yeah. And then she's like, you know, you don't discipline your dog enough. Like, that's why. And then I go get my dog because my dog loves her dog. They're playing. So I keep walking over there to retrieve him anytime he's let out of the lodge. And uh, she goes, oh, does your dog, does your dog still have his balls? And I'm like, yeah, he's only like seven months old. And I'm going to wait till he's a year old to snip him. And she's like, well, that explains why he's so aggressive. And I'm like, what What the fuck are you talking about? He's a goddamn golden retriever. He doesn't even fucking growl at anybody. This is Cosmo? Oh, yeah, Cosmo. The fucking dog that rolls over on his back that and pees on himself. That bitch is Well, hilariously, I told her, I was like, what makes you think he's aggressive? And she goes, well, he bit me. And I was like, really? She's, well, he, his teeth grazed my hand when I was trying to throw a tennis ball to my dog. And I'm like, okay. Well, maybe you should call the cops and report that because I would love I'm to like, see the cops show like yeah. you filming the cops showing up seeing fucking Cosmo. Yeah, I'm like, all right, yeah, just call the cops and we'll get that on record and we'll figure it out from there. And yeah. she's like, she's like, it's not like that. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? When you stop telling me that I should fucking have my dog fixed, I'll stop telling you to call the cops because you told me that my dog bit you. And then I walked off with my dog. Well, then. Two days later, she realizes that, you know, her husband had talked to us and was he was much cooler. And he told us a story about his brother-in-law who was in the 82nd, but a Green Beret and an Apache pilot and a jet mechanic in the Navy. A yeah, a was clearly the most accomplished, the, the most accomplished soldier in American history. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> the best part is one of my buddies was like, man. That must have been a real honor. It sounds like he did it all. <laughs> we didn't say shit, right? Yeah. And uh, so she comes up to my truck while I'm trying to like clean things up. And she goes, hey. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. She goes, sorry for being such a fucking bitch. <laughs> and I was like. No way. Uh, yeah, she literally said that. And I was like, well, it's OK. And she's like, she's like, I don't know what came over me. And I'm like, I don't I, I, well, I appreciate the apology. Also, what a weird way to go about it. But dog people, man, they're like the worst. People that have like hyper aggressive dogs will always be like, 
that dog's not aggressive at all. And people who don't have like, they just assume every dog's aggressive and they want to like project it on other people. Like you need to put your dog on a leash. How about you get on a leash? Like that dog's not a problem. <laughs> That's what you should have told her. I'll put you on a leash. I uh, did tell another old lady that in my neighborhood the other nice. week. She told me to leash my dog who had not even bothered her at all. And I was like, how about you put a leash on? And she looked very offended and walked away. I bet she did. <laughs> I I actually do have, I've had multiple aggressive dogs for some reason. Oliver's a little aggressive, right? Fucking Cosmo. Uh, he's amazing once you like are introduced, but he is terrified of strangers. But <laughs> I fostered two pit bulls josh's dogs little josh he had how he still has one one was a bait dog. how how unpredictable i would never have guessed that little josh would have pit bulls yeah so <laughs> one was a bait white dog. white guys with hand tattoos and others <laughs> so this i'm walking the dog around the neighborhood and both of them two pit bulls like big ass fucking not friendly pit bulls and this golden retriever comes running over off leash, and this lady's like walking 100 yards back, and she's like, Oh, he's friendly. I'm like, That's cool. Mine are going to kill yours. <laughs> like, I hope your golden retriever can turn and run really fast because if he comes into the leash zone, he's literally going to get fucking killed. Well, and Cosmo's so stupid. He's just literally the most retarded dog ever. Which, by the way, I'm not sure we're allowed to say retarded anymore either. You but can't. That's definitely yeah. He's we'll he's mentally disabled. He he's just like, a fucking idiot. Bro, he's he not like, an idiot. He's like lazy. He just runs up to other dogs and is if they posture at all, he does like a running roll onto his back and just starts. He turns into a fucking sprinkler. He just starts peeing on himself. That's he's just so like, gross. and it's so funny though. I'm like, oh, buddy, you know, hey, you have the golden retriever version of Louis C.K. <laughs> yeah, so instead of jizzing on his own stomach. <laughs> have you seen the Dave Chappelle about? I think it's yes. the bit about Louis C.K. Yeah, it's like you ever seen a motherfucker that jizzes on their own stomach? They look goddamn helpless. You can't be threatened <laughs> by that. <laughs> Oh, I, man. I don't know. I think it was Rogan. I was listening to somebody. I think it was Rogan. And uh, he's making a comeback. Louis C.K. Man. What did he get? We, me can too. We, can we, he got me too because he, he told one of his assistants. He, she walked in and he was like, Hey, uh, do you mind if they, I jerk off? Yeah. Right? You mind if I jerk off? Like, And uh, she was like, no, I don't mind. And then stood there while I jerked off, and then she changed her mind and decided that she did mind. That's how it went down? I'm pretty sure that's how it went down, yeah. We gotta Google this shit. To be fair, the entire thing was a little pitiful. It sounds pitiful, man. Like, it just sounds like a scene where you're like, I'm not threatened. That shit was just like... It sounds in character, right? Yeah, it's like, uh, uh, if I walked into Louis C.K.'s room, I would expect him to be jerking. (laughs) <laughs> honestly anytime you walk into a room when i see louis ck i did you ever watch that show so he made uh, a joke about it i like to jerk off and i don't like being alone <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'd be mad at him but it just fits with I'm his entire persona the dude talks about 
weird fucked up shit like that. He's a very odd person. Hip hop wired. Louis A.K. admits to jerking off in front of and it's loading. In front of? Anyway, yeah, you've got the golden retriever version of Louis C.K. Oh, jerking he's off just, in front of women. Yeah, he's just a peer, though. You know, he can't help it. He gets excited. His bladder can't hold itself. I mean, honestly, he, we could have he, the argument. Anybody that saying squirt. that he is aggressive is fucking bonkers, dude. That dog is a fucking big dummy. He's very sweet. If he ever seems aggressive, it's because like he just wants to play too much. Give me one second. Uh, I love when you aggressively type. I'm like, uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> Do you, uh, you know, you know who's almost as bad as our customer, as, uh, as dog people? Who's that? Our customers. Uh, we've got a mixed bag, man. Like I would say. I, I love hanging out with a lot of them. 8% of our customers are fucking awesome. And then 2% I'm like, hey man, like just don't buy our shit anymore. <laughs> I love that. I love that the greatest drama we used to have in the company was when you or I would fire customers. And and customer service would get so mad at us. They're like, we could have handled that. And you're like, you don't get it. We wanted to fire the customer. Like they, sucked. dude. It's because they would be like dickheads. And some of our old policies were kind of fucked up, right? So, but these dudes would just be dickheads to like Patty or Ashley. I'm like, dude, fuck you. Well, the best part is what I learned quickly is that Patty and Ashley didn't want me stand up for them and fire a customer they wanted the autonomy to fire customers on their own so moving forward when i want to fire a customer i'm going to be like hey if i were you i'd say this also uh you're safe you should totally say it like fuck you dickhead <laughs> don't ever buy from us again i've refunded every purchase you've ever made <laughs> yeah dude i yeah i like it it happens less and less i was super appreciative of our most of our customers recently with the big app debacle that oh were God. crazy talk helpful. About, do you want to talk about the app debacle? It's almost you know, fixed. We're it almost fixed, right? We're, I think we're waiting on the last release. We've had, well, no, we've had there's one more. no issues. There, yeah, there's another one. There's the last patch is coming out this, like, tomorrow, I think. Yeah, but that's not a, that's not like a buggy thing. That's a, that's like fixing weird shit thing. Well, I mean, I think it. the funny part is the things that we fixed that were buggy felt like weird things until we realized they plagued. Like, I didn't know so many of our users had iPhone SEs. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, was, that, that was the weird thing to me. It was people like, oh, I've got the Samsung whatever the fuck. I've never even heard of that shit. And I'm a Samsung... Like, I have an S20. I'm not an iPhone guy anymore. Um. Well, dude, I mean... that. I was really surprised because it seemed like historically our app updates have been pretty consistent across all iPhone platforms. But in this instance, the differences on iOS's and hardware both affected like crazy amounts of stuff. Um, There's been weird shit though. Like now uh, the platforms are so different. We had some crazy Facebook issues like two weeks ago as well. Not, uh, not our, like Facebook was having issues. I should point out now Instagram is too. And Ooh. I don't know why the platforms. Yeah. I don't know why the platforms are becoming unstable. Bill and I were talking about it because Bill uses Hootsuite to post content. 
And Hootsuite is saying that Instagram's unstable nature is why he can't auto post a week's worth of content right now. Really? Yeah, dude, I post videos on Facebook that take three days to upload and they're not like because of it's under review or anything. The video uploads, they say it there and the post doesn't fucking show for like 24 to 48 hours. My favorite is that uh, Facebook gives us free advertising on accident. I don't understand that at all. It's super weird, man. I don't, in general, I don't really understand what's happening with social media platforms anyway. Like, I know we're putting together a social media guide for like how we're posting and how we intend to post. And um, that's great. But like trying to figure out a strategy for like TikTok right? Like social media people are talking about how like TikTok's pretty unregulated. So there's a lot more views, like your content gets shown to a lot more people, which means I want to be on TikTok, but also I'm not going to do dances or follow like. Dude, I don't even have TikTok yet. Like I'm kind of letting that burn for a little. Um, it's a little addictive, bro. It's one of those things it? where, yeah, it, it, TikTok is actually pretty funny, but it's like, did you, so I'll go at risk of being like, kind of like <laughs> old uh, sounding. You are old. Which I am. You've got more gray hairs than black hairs at this point. Did you ever listen to a radio show called Opie and Anthony? Yeah. Okay. So Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern both became, like they, they have crazy followers because there's bits that they do that if you've listened long enough are funny to you because you kind of know the backstory. So they do shit and you're like, Oh, I can't believe they did that thing. Or they tricked so-and-so Yeah, and TikTok's like that where you watch it at first and you're like, I have no idea what's happening. And then you realize that there's like trends that everybody's doing and certain people do them better or funnier than other people. Like the, the waterboarding challenge back in the day. <laughs> yes. The, the waterboarding challenge. Didn't wasn't that a party of one? Tim Kennedy was the only one that did that. Yeah, he did it during the uh, the ice bucket challenge. He was like, "Everybody's like doing ice buckets. I'm gonna waterboard myself." Uh, <laughs> maybe don't do that. Yeah, it seems like a little bit of a rash decision on his part. Um, which you know, he's in shocker. I was he very. I was very I loved innocent. his video the other day that was like, hey, I'll get the band back together, but you got to come with, bro. Who is he that talking was great. to? Rick Perry or? Uh, I think it was Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, yes. Yeah. I think that's a good plan. Like, I think that it, this is a topic of discussion that is oblique enough that I believe is not problematic for anyone. I think that moving forward, if we are going to re-engage in Afghanistan, that it's important that senators and generals all go there with us until we see like we have to clearly articulate an in-state and then we have to reach that in-state and then everyone can go home well it's been talked about people like we've been there 20 years and they're like uh we still got bases in germany and japan bro which if i mean we do have a clear in-state for why we're in those places I mean, um, Japan is still not allowed to have a standing military. But if we would articulate more carefully why we were in Afghanistan, I don't think it would be so much of a liability. You know what I mean? Oh, but we've, yeah. ne 
but we've never articulated why. We make vague, like, insinuations that it's to stabilize the region or to bring democracy, but, like, we can't say it's because those nip bastards would start a navy and attack Pearl Harbor again. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think that's why we're still in Japan either, right? Now we're still in Japan because we want to regulate Chinese influence. That's our, but dude, I don't know. Maybe Japan, well, I know Japanese feel differently because when I was in Okinawa, they would protest the fuck out of us. But there's a reason for that because Marines in Okinawa are total shitheads. And SF guys in Okinawa do things like use air raid sirens to announce beer light. Uh, you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say <laughs> is that it's a sweet deal for Japan because, like, they don't have to fucking have a... Like, I think they have a Japanese defense force, but they don't have to basically have a real military, right? Like, we said, hey, you're not allowed to have one. We're totally. This is the episode where two morons talk about shit that they're actually not educated on. Do but you think that the Japanese actually see it that way? Uh, I think it probably depends. That's like asking if the Americans see it that way. Because like, the some defense, Japanese that see it that way. The defense forces of Japan are very technologically advanced, and I mean, the reality is that they are bracing for Chinese expansion. Yes. I mean. But I mean, so the theory is, if you agree to this, right, if you're like, yeah, you can stay here because we're crazy and we're going to do Pearl Harbor (laughs) 2.0, but you got to protect us. You're like, fuck, man, now we're not spending trillions of dollars on defense. This is rad. Do you ever wonder, since two guys who aren't qualified to talk? Yeah, two idiots. Do you ever wonder why the Japanese in 1941 who had been seeing successes all across the Pacific theater against people who would eventually end up being our allies, who had launched reasonably successful campaigns onto the Chinese mainland, decided to take their teak-decked destroyers and aircraft carriers across the entire Pacific Ocean to attack Pearl Harbor? I haven't even given thought to it, to be honest. Sometimes when I think about when people do things that, in retrospect, look rash, I think to myself, I wonder who told him that would be a good idea. You know, like when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait because they were stealing his oil and somebody told him it'd be a good idea or. (laughs) I I wonder if it's like that. I'm going to be bold and brazen and nobody's going to fuck with me because of it. And then you bite off more than you can chew. Well, all of the admirals basic, I mean, all the admirals for the Japanese Imperial fleet said they knew it was a bad idea, but they were going to wake a sleeping dragon and shit. And, um, yet they still did it. And you got to wonder like, why would you do something like that? The same way it's like, well, you know, I mean, the, um, uh different caliphates said that about bin laden you're like bro you done fucked up eh, Ron? well i saw an interesting thing written by a former like i don't know he was like a ddo or some bullshit did i say caliphates um, did I, did I say yeah caliphates? well there are there yeah, are multiple incorrect. caliphates yeah. there are multiple caliphates now uh what's the word i'm looking for i am a full ipad uh, no you 
the no, Caliphate. the imams, imams. Not oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah well, there are multiple caliphates now. Um, but, like, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting just because it seems as though everyone's eager to act like we spent 20 years in Afghanistan for no purpose, which on the surface, it might look that way. But it also, we have to point out that, like, we basically denied one of the more popular locations for terrorist training camps. We kept the Pakistani ISI occupied. We kept the Iranians reasonably occupied on a second front. And we had a forward operating base for most of our guys to train and do counterterrorism <laughs> in fucking real time That's for 20 years. The most absurd argument for us to continue combat operations in Afghanistan is to get new Joe's combat experience. I've but seen it made him, it made him better. Media. <laughs> it made him better. It's the most unreasonable thing I've heard. It justifies funding though. Like we, you know, like if you think about it, like without being kinetic, then why are we funding anybody? You can do that with a two court canteen and 20 rounds per man. And then when you put like, a live fire two-way range in it's like okay everybody needs ten thousand dollars worth of gear they also need a hundred thousand rounds per person per deployment to uh potentially suss out some very dangerous goat farmers i don't know and here we are indeed and the real question is when the money goes away, which it is, it was funny because uh, I was talking with one of our employees' spouses the other day, and they were expressing great relief that we were going to no longer be spending money on these senseless wars. And I was like, well, I, I agree. And then they were like, also, think about how many billions of dollars we'll be able to dump into education and infrastructure. And I was like, mm. oh, no, no, the, uh, mm. the, piggy, bank, <laughs> the piggy bank is empty. <laughs> like, we... We went to the strip club and we threw it all at a bunch of girls in burkas. And then we came home sexually unsatisfied. And we also still have no money. The piggy bank has a shitload of IOUs in it. Oh, man, oh, yes. you have something from the piggy bank. It says I owe it a couple <laughs> trillion dollars. Hmm. Uh, but money doesn't, money doesn't even mean anything anymore, does it? Dude, that's like a whole other level of math that I straight up, like, I don't think anybody understands it, but no. Well, you talk to people, you talk to people in financial institutions who claim to have a knowledge of economics, and they try to explain it to you in great detail, how it's not actually bad for the economy to print $4 trillion or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like... Yeah, okay, man. Like, I hear your argument, but also it seems kind of counterintuitive to the basic macroeconomics class I took in college. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't know, man. That's one of those. I was talking to Jeff about this yesterday of like, there's different levels to business, right? And like, basic business is this idea of like, I buy a widget and for a dollar, I sell the widget for $2, I made a dollar. Like, that's a basic fundamental like this is how business works and then you get into like weird ideas of i'm gonna buy a widget for a dollar and convince this other guy to give me five dollars to sell widgets so then i'm gonna sell the widget that i paid a dollar for for 38 cents and i'm gonna lose money on the widget but this other dude gave me four dollars to sell widgets so i made four dollars then there's a whole other level that you get to 
where it's like, all right, I'm going to buy all of the widgets and I'm going to hire a lawyer to make sure nobody else can sell widgets. Right. So like as you get down those rabbit holes, you realize that there are parts to like business and economics that for me, my brain doesn't work that way. Right. Um, but for other folks, it certainly does. Well, I mean, I, I suppose that in some ways that's why the crypto thing is threatening to financial institutions. Did you oh, see for sure. did you see the fight between the SEC and Jesus Christ, there's another organization that I I am was previously unaware of, but it was like some sort of agricultural like deal. So yeah. I so apparently for some reason Ethereum and one other uh one other crypto are not classified as securities. They're classified as commodities. I don't know why, but because, because of that, there's a finite amount made. Um, I don't think that that's I, maybe that is the reason, but I don't know because, like with Bitcoin, there's a finite amount of Bitcoin, right? Uh, you can mine it. So I don't know. This, yeah. is, this is again two idiots talking about something they have no clue about. Either way, I thought it was very amusing to watch two governmental organizations bitch at each other over official channels because one guy at the sec said that he was going to regulate uh a product that he supposedly had no control over so another dude at another organization was like you don't get to say that because it's about like futures like essentially ethereum is the same as corn to the u.s government right for some reason i mean it's like an agricultural thing but i don't dude get I, I eat corn on thursdays or uh ethereum rather so <laughs> Well, luckily for you, the price is going up, so you'll you'll clearly have dollar signs coming out of your butthole. Is it going back up? What's it at? Thirty one hundred or something? Yeah. Let me see. Thirty two twenty four. Yeah, thirty two twenty four. Let me see here. For a long uh, time, it was hovering at like twenty five hundred or something. Yeah. Let me see historical data. Oh, dude, it was down to eighteen hundred. Oh, it was way down. Huh? Yeah, there was a pretty big dip in uh, crypto, which was funny because I decided to jump in on a, like, I basically view it as gambling. So it is gambling. I jumped, 100%. I, I jumped in on Robinhood to see the red and the green lights flash in front of me. And nice. uh, I bought at what appeared to be a middle point to me, but was actually the high watermark. So I was stuck like a Redditor. Buying the dip, buying the dip, buying the dip. <laughs> I uh, I did that like what, five years ago. Whatever the last like boom and bust was, I was like, oh man, there's a dip. And it was like a 10% dip, which for crypto is not a dip. Um, but I bought and then it kept, the dip kept dipping. So I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. So I bought more and then forgot about it. And then somebody was talking about Ethereum being up, and I'm like, oh, what's it up to? And I'm like, oh, it's up to three grand or whatever it was, two grand. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I bought it like 400 bucks. Nice. See? Yeah. That's what Brian told me to stop looking at Robinhood to forget that I ever bought any of this shit and then to come back five years from now and see where it is. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Which, 
is this good advice. People are going to be taking financial advice from our two dumbasses, and they're going to be just as poor as we are. To be to be perfectly honest, as a disclaimer, literally no one should take any financial advice from me. I'm the kind of dude that gets a credit card limit raise and is like, well, shit, I'm going to go buy a new gun. I got a new limit? That means I got more money. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we- it's weird to be virtually debt-free now. I'm using my cards to pay my bills, but I'm not currently like Increasing sitting in your debt. Yeah, I'm not sitting under credit cards, and I'm like, wow, this is convenient. Like, <laughs> This is weird. I'm used to feeling like I'm drowning every month. Terrible feeling, right? Uh, I mean, when it's your norm, I don't know. It's kind of like being in a bad marriage. Ten years of uh, bad marriage, and you just accept that it's normal. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Luckily, my wife does not listen to this pod, or my ex-wife does not listen to this podcast. Ah, tomato, potato. I was baffled, and I was like, what are you doing? She's like, listening to poop stories? I'm like, <laughs> then, I, then my mind's racing, right? I'm like, fuck, do I talk shit on my wife? I don't think I talk shit on my wife. Maybe I did. Oh, no, man. What, really. I, I've got what I learned... Wife. I wouldn't ever talk shit on her. <laughs> man, I do you waited... Life. That's not even... You waited, but you waited 45 minutes too long into this podcast to say that. Is she ever going to make it to this point? We don't know. I don't think she'll listen to this one. I think it was a one and done. She said somebody in her, somebody in her like news feed shared it. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm kind of curious who that was. Dude, that is now the most jarring aspect of us growing as a company is going places and having people recognize me. Like I was climbing in Brevard with my team. We were in GSAs and I literally was crossing the road into the forest and when I got out of the forest three hours later, I had an instant message from some chick that I've never met before who was like, hey, you wouldn't happen to have been climbing in the Pisgah today, would you? Because I was 100% certain I saw you standing by the side of the road. And I'm like, um, never met you before. And I have no idea how I would be on your mind that much unless our advertising campaigns are actually successful. They are. We have like 1.5 million views in the last week on our ads. No big deal. Um, you also look like a fucking caricature of you. <laughs> so I don't know when, what that means. I'm going to take it as a compliment, even though I know it's not meant as one. The last time, it's not even a slight, man. The last time we went to dinner, you showed up with like camoed vans, pink socks, and like a skin tight, softly t shirt. I'm like, well, there's. You're not going to not see Doug on the street. For the record, I'm just trying to live my life like Bobby Cinco. <laughs> More of my exchange shirts. Man, he's never been on, but I would love to have him. Uh, that would be a podcast that it would be, it could be the end of all of our podcasts. No. You think you'd get Dude, a shutdown? No, I just think that. First of all, if if we joke about us being dinosaurs in our in our community, even though we make uncouth jokes and don't take like gender pronouns seriously, we're actually pretty like open minded. And Bobby will tell stories about like tranny hookers and like glory holes and 
you know, like all the crimes he's committed <laughs> yeah. overseas. Yeah, but his experiences with training hookers are probably super progressive. <laughs> I mean, for his day and age. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to, like, yeah, know, just push that meat back to the side and went to town. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the fucking, uh, you know, holes is holes, right? That's what they say. You know, if the bear's hungry, he'll eat. <laughs> Spoken like a true Colombian woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is Bobby Cinco Colombian? I've never met the man. I've only heard stories from you and Brian. No, Bobby, Bobby Cinco is like the most Italian dude you could ever meet. Like, he's literally a caricature of a good fella. Nice. Yeah, his hair is like 18 inches long and slicked back into a ducktail. Does he and wear the golden pepper? He definitely does. Nice. He has like multiple gold chains that he wears. He likes track suits. Uh, he drives his so Z06 Corvette. I'm a big Corvette. fan of the track suits. <laughs> the Z06 Corvette. <laughs> I feel like if you drive a Z06, unironically, you need a track suit. And it's also worth noting that when he was the first sergeant at SWIC, or no, he was the sergeant major of SWIC, he didn't even drive the Z06 Corvette. He had the commander uh-huh. drive him. No, he had the oh. commander drive him places. So Sergeant Major Cinco would be in the passenger seat and his commander would drive the Corvette for him. And I'd always be like, I'm not sure that that dude gets that he's literally holding Bobby's outturned pocket. Like, it's was like, that the case or was he like, hey, man, I had too many beers at lunch. <laughs> Which is a power move as well. Either way, he's still turning his pocket inside out and having the young officer follow him around. Dude, that blew my mind. We did, a like in my first platoon, we did a lunch at the Enlisted Club. Like, hey, we're all going to do lunch here. I'm like, oh, okay. And one of the dudes ordered beers. And I was like, uh, it was fucking crazy to me. I've been doing it since I was an E4. And people look at me like I was crazy, but nobody's ever told me I couldn't do it. Yeah, two beers at lunch. That's normal. Yeah, two beer lunch. That's, all That's a thing. I think I, I know used this to be a thing. When I came back from Iraq um, in twenty, Jesus, it'd be twenty twelve. I was with my company commander, and my company sergeant major, and my company warrant. Actually, the battalion warrant was with us. And the best part is that there had been an uh, order issued saying that none of us could consume any alcohol in Rota, Spain. And I'm like, first of all, it's Rhoda. Get the fuck out of here. This is on the way back? Yeah, this is on the way back. And it it, it was pretty funny because they were trying to keep the lower enlisted guys in line. But we went to this like badass paella restaurant. And uh, my company commander was like, man, I would love to order a bottle of wine. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely the most junior dude to this table. I was in E6 at the time. And my company sergeant major's like, well, I would have a glass, but don't want to get anybody in trouble. And the goddamn battalion warrant goes, oh, did you guys not look at your uh, your AKO this morning? And uh, they're like, no. He goes, oh, man, there was a milper that came out, uh, an all racked. It changed everything. And um, like, we're totally actually allowed to drink uh, while we're on our way back now. And like, this is a CW like four. <laughs> and I was like, and he was full of shit. Dude, 100% full of shit. He, <laughs> he just made it up. It. So, like, company commander orders, like, three bottles of wine. We get halfway sauced. Like, we eat a bunch of paella, wander around the old city, having a great time. And, like, we get back to the room, and I saw the chief later. I was like, dude, 
was that a real deal? And he just looked at me sly. And I was like, man, gangster as fuck. <laughs> also, Strong fucking play. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Chief. I really appreciate it. <laughs> That's amazing. I remember somehow when we went from uh, like the Leatherneck up to Kyrgyzstan on my first ah, trip. Ah, Kyrgyzstan. It, you know, Air Force Base, they give you two two beer tickets, but they're like, Eight ten percent, like those are the Baltica, books, right? The Baltica number nines, bro. Dude, they were that like was legit beers. You were getting fucked up on two beers. After what was the name of that bar? Beers. It was Papa something or other. You know I what I'm know. talking about? All I know is I'm shit housed on my four beers because I somehow conned some you Air s- Force chick into giving me her, like two extra tickets. Yes, and I go back and the the like hooch they had given us there are bunks that are like littered with beers. So like, I thought I was cool getting four beers and there's dudes that have <laughs> down like a fucking 12 pack. And two of these dudes are pork and heifers in, in their bunk beds. Like is this, this is a in squad the, bay, like 40 is this in fucking that, bunk beds. Yeah. This is one of those giant Quonset huts that were there. Yes. Yeah. This was at Manus, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. The best part about Manus, I remember, I'm not going to name any names, but, Everyone named in this story, everyone mentioned in this story is currently a sergeant major in the regiment. (laughs) But they had just come off the drill sergeant trail before the deployment, when they before they came to the Q course. And literally, we basically took every one of our support kids who wasn't 21, and we took their IDs and used their IDs to get extra drink tickets at the bar. So we were pretty fucking drunk. And when they came out of the bar, there was some dude who bumped into one of the E7s in my company. And he's like, oh, sorry, Sergeant. He goes, sorry, Sergeant. What? You think we're friends or some shit? Next thing I know, this drunk E7 drill sergeant is just smoking the piss out of an E3. And I'm like, man, we are way too drunk for this. We are going to get in some serious trouble. Yeah. And then the, their commander comes up and I'm waiting for him to launch into my dude. And he's like, you guys seem cool. I don't even like this kid. Why don't you come over and hang out in my formation? <laughs> so literally we're over there and I'm like, well, that chick's hot. And the guy's like, you want to talk to her? You should just go in there. And I'm like, this is like a major. He's like, yeah, just go in the formation and talk to her. And I'm like, in retrospect, it was the least professional thing that I've ever seen any human do in the military. We may have to cut this podcast at like 53 minutes. Why? We'll have more upheaval than the time we named a duffel bag the dead her- dead hooker duffel bag. <laughs> the, dead, the dead hooker duffel bag. The best part is I didn't, at the time, I had a sixth sense that what I was doing was avant-garde. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's provocative, but I didn't know how fucked up it was. And I look back on it and I'm like, man, someone should really have stopped us. We were, dude, I said it as a threat because I'm like, we need a name for this duffel bag. Everybody's like, oh, well, I'm like, well, if you guys don't come up with a name, I'm naming it the Dead Hooker Duffel Bag. And everybody's like, cool, sounds good. And I sent it to, I think I sent it to Nick, and he wrote back, he's like, uh, are you sure? And he's never pushed back on any of my dumbass names. I'm like, yep, 100% Dead Hooker Duffel Bag, throw it up. The Do you best was what the chick that emailed in, whose boyfriend. She was like, oh, give me a free bag. I deserve one. Yeah, because I'm like, my... fuck you, why do you deserve one? Oh, my boyfriend killed a hooker and buried her in his fucking duffel bag. You're like, ooh, let's send her in a his sea bag. bag in the impact area. The best With part of that was that, 
Yeah, the best part is we got the miniaturized skeleton and put it in the bag when we mailed it to her. <laughs> <laughs> she was cool. She thought that was great. Didn't you have an escort that you know that told you how fucked up it was? And then you she like, was. Dude, it's a joke. Chill out. And she's like, actually, it's kind of funny. She was genuinely offended. And she still routinely sends me pictures of the bag full of like kittens and other random shit. Because she bought one? Yeah, she's literally That's like, uh, you you could never fit a person in here, but look at how many kittens I can fit in here. We should bring yep. that thing back. You know, it's funny to me because the entire aspect of the, like, the nomenclature that we give things in the military has a lot to do with how, how things are. So, like, that's not a dead hooker bag. A dead hooker bag is a rolling bag that you could fit a dead hooker in, for sure. Yes. Like, that's You're why people wrong. call them... That's why people call them dead hooker bags, because yes. it's about how big the bag is, not yeah. about any sort of violence intended and towards women. it could be women. a dead male hooker. Exactly. But what's funny is that when people... Like, I've never once thought that that was offensive until people started to get offended by it when we named the product that it's it was like, like four people though but do you remember when we had the 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 sketch that Jarrett did of the van with all the bikes on the back and you yeah. you called it we called the, the t-shirt f the f shack yeah cuz i thought the <laughs> t-shirt was fucking lame your original fucking description was fucking hilarious because I don't remember what it was, but it sounded like non-consensual sex between hobos was encouraged in the van. And no, no, it I was said, consensual, and I made sure to put that no, the van was but all you're, about consensual hobo sex. <laughs> no, that's not true. The original write-up... The original write-up did not articulate that it was consensual. And I said something to you about it, and you went, oh, cool, I'll fix it. And all you did was, in parentheses, right, we want to be clear we're referring to consensual sex between hobos, not non-consensual sex. And I was like, I feel like you covered your bases, but this is not the point that I was getting at. <laughs> we need to bring that T-shirt back just for the fucking... Uh, product description. Do you know what the fastest selling hat we ever sold was? No. The pho. The pho? Do you remember the pho? The fucked up hat? No. The one that, oh, yeah, the one I that Cody, that. Yeah. The one that Cody designed, and it was so bad that we were all like, we shouldn't sell it. And you were like, nah, man, we'll just call it the fucked up hat and we'll sell it at cost. They'll fly off the shelves. And they, they literally sell those sold fuckers for like whatever they cost us. And, and they sold out like an hour. And the best part is it's still called the fuck, the fucked up hat. <laughs> so the uh, Softly F Shack t shirt is actually available on the website, at least in extra large, large, can, and medium. Yeah. So can the product you read description the is. So it was super short because I I don't fucking like the shirt, but it's just a couple of homies in the woods hanging out in their van with some toys. And then when you're like, that sounds kind of rapey, I put edit. This most certainly is not a rape van joke, but rather a hobo orgy joke. Totally harmless and completely sensual. 60% combined <laughs> ring spun cotton, 40% polyester. <laughs> completely consensual. We should next time I have to write uh, product uh, 
product descriptions, we should jump on a podcast and just go through old uh, good product descriptions. Dude, for the record, every product description that was written for like two years was comedy gold. Like, you you would get on there. Like, I don't know if you were drunk or I was what. drunk as fuck, dude. So <laughs> Ashley walked in when we did order fulfillment out of the back of the gym. It was like... 10 a.m. on a Saturday. I went in and I was like, I gotta do these product descriptions. So I have like four products in front of me and a bottle of fucking whiskey, and I'm slugging this thing down, dude. Like trying to get out of my mind drunk. And and I'm blaring Biggie Smalls, fucking blasting by myself in the gym. And Ashley walked in to like button up some customer service issues, and she was like, uh, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I saw no issue with what was taking place. She's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, 100%. Why? She's like, no reason. And just turned around and walked out like, all right, Brent is drunk as fuck listening to gangster rap. Not sure how he's getting I mean, home, but I, I just no I just want to point out that we spend a lot of time and effort trying to promote like holistic wellness, you know? Which and I'm all about. Us- yeah, all of us have but, drunk. I, we we drink so much less now than we used to drink. Like when we first started this, I mean, me especially could have been dabbling in like early onset alcoholism, right? Like drowning my sorrows, trying to like self-medicate. I look back now and I laugh because we make any jokes about alcohol at all. And like you get these dudes that are like, you guys are normalizing a culture of alcoholism in the military. No, I'm like, motherfucker, I can't even have a fucking beer anymore. I can't put whiskey in my coffee because I'm so frustrated with your stupid customer service requests. Jesus. Which doesn't happen, by the way. Let's just cut this thing. We're going to cut this.